This episode of the Expat Cast is brought to you by EU Habitat, the go-to platform for furnished apartments in Germany. If you've ever moved around in Germany, you know there's a lot of pitfalls that we all have to be on the lookout for. There is just so much competition that it can be hard to make any real progress on your search. There's also so many listings out there that are total scams. Because of all these issues, it can end up being really expensive to find a verified good option for an apartment in Germany. But EU Habitat helps solve all of those issues and then some. You can go on their website and search the different apartments that they have listed, which are all verified by local agents. Or you can go the other way around. You can actually fill out a form with your different requirements and wishes for your apartment, and they'll connect you with a local personal scout to help you find the right place for you. They offer both individual and boutique-style rentals, and all of that for a fair price. And, best of all, there's no agency fees. The team at EU Habitat has over 20 years of experience. They're in big cities like Berlin and Munich and Hamburg, and also some smaller cities like Bonn or Erlangen or Essen, and they frequently add more locations. The best way to find better housing is with EU Habitat. Live like the locals. Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole, and I would like to welcome you not only to the podcast, but also to this very special, weird, nostalgic anniversary era that we are now entering. I'm talking about the one-year anniversary of coronavirus. Obviously, that can't be a large sweeping we because corona hit different countries at different times. And the reality of when we all felt like, okay, this is really happening, this is really a thing, that also hit differently. Maybe even within one geographical area, it might have hit person A at a different time than person B. So it's all very scattered. But for me, at least, this time last year, I took myself on a solo trip to Spain and Portugal, and I soaked in the sun in the middle of February. I explored, I made new friends, I, I had such a wonderful time. The last day I was in Portugal, I was in Lisbon, and there's a huge Brazilian population there, and Brazilians really love carnival. So they had a really, really cool street festival parade going on, and I got to watch that and, and be a part of it. I remember going to the airport and thinking, why not do this every winter? It's so sad and dreary in the middle of winter in Germany. Why not take a week off and just go somewhere warm and have fun? So you know what I said? Hey, cool. I got money. I got vacation days. Let's do this. It's a thing. It's happening. Yeah. <laughs> then I got back to Germany and this is really when things started to get serious. I remember one of my roommates in the hostel in Lisbon, she, she had been living in China and she actually was on vacation when China went into lockdown. She ended up stuck outside of the country, just country hopping, trying to find somewhere to stay with whatever suitcase she had packed for her short weekend vacation. And it turned into a months long saga. That was the first time I met someone who had really been impacted by this. But I remember thinking, oh, wow, crazy. Anyway, here's a nice vacation we're all having. And sure enough, within about a month of getting back from that trip, Germany was in complete lockdown. And those four weeks between my landing and the lockdown happening, uh, yeah, it was just a gradual, wow, this is real and this is big. And realizing that we've been living under this fear and this sadness and this loss for a full year. But I did want to share my experience with you guys a little bit. And most importantly, I want to share the experience of today's guest, Kate. 
Basically, Kate is from a town not far from where I've ended up living in Germany, and she moved to Chicago, Illinois, in the U.S. for three years. And I had just moved from Chicago to this town, Freiburg, <laughs> which was near where she was from. So we kind of had the swap going on, and she's now back in Germany. And so I wanted to touch base and, and see what it was like for her. But she made that move in the last year. In fact, she made that move almost exactly a year ago in March of 2020. So buckle up, guys. This is a crazy story. And you'll hear me say in the episode, it really takes me back to how things felt back then, which I've sort of blocked out or forgotten in some ways. Yeah, and it was wild to revisit. But I do want to also ask, you know, I've, I've talked about Corona in episodes. I've done full out episodes about it here and there, but pretty seldomly because I've found for me, I, I don't want to ignore this reality, but in my own free time and my entertainment, I'm often seeking a release, so a step outside of this reality. And so with that in mind, I've been trying to pull stories and talk to expats about things that aren't just the weight of pandemic reality. But at the same time, the longer this goes on, the more this does impact us directly, and we need to talk about that too. So I want to ask you guys, do you want to hear more direct stories and, and discussions about corona, or do you not want to hear about it really? It's okay if it comes up here and there, but honestly, you just want to think about other stuff, or you don't want to hear about it at all. You would prefer it if that word, corona, COVID, never graces your ears in the, in the context of this podcast. Let me know because it's important to me that this podcast is connecting with you guys and that we're focusing on things that you guys want to hear. So I'm going to be posting some polls on social media throughout the week. But for now, let's transport ourselves back to March of 2020 and hear what happened to Kate and her family. Enjoy. I'm Kate. I'm originally from Germany in a small town next to the border to France. And we moved to Munich a couple of years ago, like I guess eight years or so. And three years into our life in this beautiful town of Munich, my husband came home and asked whether we want to move to Chicago, United States. So we did that adventure for three years. And we recently moved back to Munich end of March. We moved back to Munich in the midst of the pandemic. So yeah. And here we are now. Okay, so somehow it's almost been a year since then, which is wild. Yeah, I still can't believe it. It's a year. Yeah, I normally would ask immediately, oh my gosh, wow, how does, does it feel like a year? How has it been being back? But I'm sure a lot of those questions are a bit trickier to answer because since you've been back, it's been only a brief period of time where people were able to do things again. And otherwise, it's mostly been lockdown life. So I'm sure it's a weird experience, but we'll get in. we'll get into all of it. Anyone who's listened to the show from the beginning or went back and listened to the first season might remember you, Kate, because you were on the very first season of the Expat Cast. Back then, you were living in Chicago. Yeah, I think you said it was a three-year contract and you were about at the halfway point when we spoke. You'd had your own personal experience with moving abroad for your partner's job and then having some difficulty finding your purpose career-wise. And so you'd started working with expat partners, or as some people call trailing spouses, on career and how to empower them to get more fulfillment out of their career. And I think that's generally where you were in life. But if I look at it now, it's a couple of years later, about two and a half years later, probably, you're a mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're back in Germany and you're 
coaching. So it's called the Share the Love. Um, your coaching just seems to have really taken off. You're still doing all that awesome work with expat partners, and you've even expanded to talking about motherhood on it too. So tell me if that's correct about those those timelines and those points in your life. But you've come a long way in a couple of years. A lot of change. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for reflecting. It's always nice to hear somebody else, you know, rephrase what you have been doing all that time. So it's uh, it's nice listening to that. Um, yeah, we met like at a very interesting point in my life where I was in between uh, jobs, coming from a very traditional job profile, and you know, having a very ambitious career, and then moving abroad, finding myself in a very weird situation, not being able to work at the beginning, all that kind of stuff, and then uh, I started the coaching training right after our podcast, I guess. So I started to become a certified coach. It was quite an intense training. And I just finished that before becoming a mom. Like, yeah, there was the exam. And then a couple of weeks later, <laughs> I gave birth. Wow. And yes. And so when we moved back to Germany, I was thinking, okay, what should I do? Should I keep doing what I'm doing right now? Because it, it came a long way. It started all as a hobby and just now writing about this experience. And now it's more profession with what I can earn money, actually. So I decided to go for it um, and, you know, commit myself 100% not going back to my former corporate life. So yes, now I'm doing that full time and it was the best decision ever for me. I have to say you've always come across very professional, even when you were doing it as, said, as a hobby. And I think it sounds like I think you and I have something in common in that both of our projects started partially as a way to work through something that we were experiencing. You know, I started the podcast because I was having a hard time in my first year abroad and I wanted to channel that into something productive and helpful for other people. But of course, it was also helping me. And it sounds like with Share the Love and the focus on expat partners' careers, sort of a similar motivation, would you say? Yes, exactly. And that's also the reason why I named it Share the Love, which at first seemed to me, you know, a bit too cheesy, maybe, and too soft, because <laughs> I'm more like of an academic person, a professional person. Uh, but then it was like, so emotional back then, and, and so raw, that I thought, okay, I can't be the only one. Uh, this can't just happen to me. And I started researching. And then I realized, okay, why are we doing that all on our own, you know, just share it and be vulnerable and just let it out and you know writing it down that was like a process a healing process for me and then when I realized other people are, are reading that and it's actually helping them so it, it's actually a value to others I was like oh okay great so that's like the biggest motivation for me to keep doing what I'm doing because it's not it's much more than you know like a job it, it's more like creating value and, and being of comfort to others before we get to the career stuff, I want to circle back to, I'll try to keep it somewhat chronological. <laughs> so, um, but I would love to hear more about your experience with becoming a mom, how that's impacted both your approach in your work with Share the Love, but also how it's impacted you as an expat or at this point now a, a repat, a repatriate. Yeah, I always thought that like when I'm becoming a mom, it's it's way easier to get to know other people because you're naturally connected by, you know, those first class and then maybe kindergarten and some, some new hobbies and stuff like that. But thanks to the pandemic, it's all not happening. So I was looking forward to meet so many other moms, exchange experience and, and help each other out. But that's not happening or only on a digital level right now. So that was a bit disappointing. But Obviously, right now, she is of so much value to us in our family. Um, so my daughter is now 15 months old. 
she's learning something new every day and every day she wakes up with a huge smile in her face she doesn't know anything about what's going on in the world and yeah for me that's just uh, where I get my energy from uh, knowing that she's safe and knowing like she's you know actually happy every day here and you had her in the US right yes yeah I gave birth in US so that I always call her my best souvenir uh, from Chicago. Um, <laughs> we have like POS uh, citizenship for her. Uh, so she has two passports, the German and the US passport, which is the biggest luxury I can think of. So to have like several choices, that was quite an experience, you know, not not having family around, no, no best friends. I mean, obviously, if you have friends in Chicago, or when you're living abroad, but you don't want them to be in the in the hospital with you that day. So that's maybe a bit too personal then. So normally you would like to have your mom with you maybe or your sister or something like that. So it was just my husband and me. But actually, I really enjoyed the time we had just the three of us at the beginning. No influences from outside. And I guess that made me somehow the mom I am today, quite relaxed and easygoing because I was able to tune in just with me and what seems right for me and was not so confused by the opinions of others because there are so many opinions out there on what to do, how to breastfeed, what to feed, what to do with sleep, so much, so many rules. Uh, and I was kind of in a, in a happy place and was able to shut them out. <laughs> you were in your happy little bubble before the world mm -hmm. forced you to be in your happy little bubble. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what was it like for you going through pregnancy and then a birth in a foreign country? Yes, I was very curious from the very beginning. I mean, I was curious, obviously, because it was my first child. So I never did that before. But I was also curious to see, okay, how are they doing it right here? You know, like comparing it to what I've heard from friends and family back home in Germany, observing the little things like, ah, the nurses are changing every two hours. Wow. And I just have to hit the button and there are people are coming right right away without a delay. And I was able to order food from a menu. I was like, what? I can actually <laughs> choose to have burger right now. So that was that was amazing. And yeah, and I had like a barcode on my wrist. And every time they gave me medicine, of course, it made peep, peep. Uh, and it was added to the huge, huge bill at the end. So I was obviously in pain and in labor. But at the same time, my mind was all about, huh, interesting how they're doing it here. And that was really relaxing somehow. Man, the, the part you just mentioned about the huge bill at the end, I... I sometimes forget that it costs so much money to birth a child in the US. Yeah, yeah. I can recommend birth tourism to Germany. It's obviously way cheaper in Germany, but also there is no burger at the end. So, you know, it comes yeah, it's, a trade -off. it's a trade-off. Trade-off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I love that you you called her your little souvenir. That's really cute. And and also there's a certain element of, of truth in that, you know, now this era of these three years in Chicago are going to be really concretely connected to your family's history. Because I know you, you've also lived elsewhere, correct? Outside of Germany, yeah. outside of the US? Yeah, I've been living in, in the UK and in Spain and in Taiwan, but obviously not with a child back then and also not with my husband. So that was like just for me and my work. And yeah, Chicago has been the first um, destination for us as a family. And it will always, you know, as you say, uh, be connected to us because she's somehow half American. I mean, it's it's hard to cross because she's only American because she was born there. So we are eager to keep that up, like to introduce some traditions into our families. We have been celebrating Thanksgiving here 
and Munich with her. Obviously, she doesn't know because she's too small, <laughs> but we're we trying to, to include this into her life. Um, I'm reading English children books to her every day. We have like English audio books and all this kind of stuff and still friends. We, we Zoom with, show her like, you know, the other girls who are still in Chicago. So yeah, we're trying to create some, our very own family traditions around that. Yeah, that's such an interesting and special connection because you don't, your extended family doesn't have this history of connection to the U.S. It's it's starting with you and your child. And even your connection to the U.S. was brief, though, of course, meaningful. But it's going to be so interesting to see how that plays out over her lifetime, what things you are able to keep up with and how she responds to it, too. Because I know from different friends who have somewhat similar, though, of course, not exactly the same histories with their own passports and their old family history. And sometimes these things really stick and these people really take to it. And sometimes it's just kind of a weird fun fact of like, oh, yeah, I've got this other uh, mm. passport. And of course, right now when she's 15 months old, you have a lot of control as her parents of how much exposure she's getting. But at some point when she's developing her own personality, it'll be interesting to see to what extent she latches on to this and to what extent she's maybe disinterested or, or who knows. Yeah, at one point it will be her decision and all we can do is like provide the knowledge and, you know, share our experience with her and then let's see what she will decide. I'm, I'm keep kidding that my mom was never like the world traveler I am. She was always like living in the yeah. same space and, and happy with that. And I'm like, okay, I can't wait to move abroad again. Um, so I'm thinking maybe her daughter will be like my mom again. <laughs> it's changing again <laughs> and again. Let's see, let's see. I have to ask jokingly, did you ever consider naming her Chicago or under or some <laughs> Chicago themed name? <laughs> it was complicated enough to get her the German uh, birth certificate here. I'm not sure whether that would be, you know, possible <laughs> with a Chicago name here because <laughs> Germans obviously are very strict with uh, names, you know, like we are only supposed to give proper names here. Very true. They don't like names like Apple or... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could have named her like Ellie and it would have been... The nickname would be the would be L, like the L, which is the train system. That would have been one. <laughs> next time, next time. Well, okay. So now you've had your daughter, you've had some time with her, just the three of you guys in Chicago, and then you moved back in the middle of global pandemic. Well, not even in the middle, at the very start when a mm. lot was really still unclear and everything was pretty scary. So... Oh, yeah. Tell me about that. Was that when you were supposed to move back or did that timeline get shifted because of the pandemic? Yeah, we have been supposed to move back in March. So that was like the plan. However, everything got shifted by a couple of weeks um, because like overnight there was this Marshall's plan in Chicago and uh, it was quite new for everyone. OK, what does this mean? Shops are closing. OK, but with the movers becoming, uh, the flights are still on, you know, um, scheduled. So there was a lot of uncertainty around that. We have been thinking about extending um, our assignment for one year. But my gut feel was like, oh, before the pandemic, I was like, hmm, maybe it's a good time to go. And I'm very happy about my gut feel uh, back then. <laughs> um, it was a bit hectic at the end. We have been changing our plans and, and fast forward everything for two weeks, which was fine. Obviously, there was this one emotional night where we thought about, okay, should we separate our family? Should, you know, my husband stay here in Chicago and deal with all the, the moving process? And should baby and me um, fly out right away, like tomorrow? But we decided to, to stick together as a family. And that was the, the, 
best decision for us um, because we never knew what will come and we have been afraid that borders might close immediately and actually we took one of the last flights out of Chicago wow the the plane ride was very emotional with a pilot saying you know he knows about um, how important this flight is for many of us that he we are most likely not tourists but have been living there and it was like and for you know saying goodbye without saying goodbye somehow it was all very rushed uh, that was very weird sitting in the plane with the mask on and listening to the pilot almost crying I was like wow okay that is serious stuff for everyone not just for us my gosh i've never thought about that yeah at that specific time end of march 2020 anyone who was flying was flying out of some level of emergency mm-hmm. some need mm-hmm. to get somewhere else so Man, I've never been on a plane where you can look around and just know other people are having a similar yet totally different experience than you. Yeah, it was a very weird atmosphere, very quiet, uh, not much talking going on, no board service, obviously, and stuff like that. It was very weird. And But again, we had like our daughter on our lap and she was giggling all the time. And so we're like, oh, okay, <laughs> at least we have our family bubble. Well, and also you'd brought up this concept of saying goodbye. I mean, I also moved from Chicago to to Germany, but I had a whole summer to plan out things that I meant to do while I lived there that I never actually got around to. And then also I had a whole list of things that I had been doing regularly in Chicago that I wanted to say goodbye to, people to say goodbye to, but mostly places because you can continue a relationship with people, but you can't recreate going to your favorite coffee shop or going your normal jogging route or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And so I had a bit of that time to say my goodbyes. And I remember so clearly, oh my goodness, the last day that I took the L, the train, Mm -hmm. um, for people who don't know, it's above ground in Chicago on what the Germans call the first floor or Europeans call the first floor in America, (laughs) that would be the second floor. So it's it's, um, one level up. And you in Chicago, they, they regulate the skyline very strictly. They have a lot of architectural rules. But the effect of that is it's a beautiful city to just look at. And every train ride, I just loved looking at the buildings and thinking about them and watching the skyline and the lake. And I remember I took the brown line because I always said it was the prettiest. And I I took it further than I needed to just to ride around. And I felt it in that moment that this was my goodbye for now. And it was powerful. And it's something I look back on of all the things I did that that solo train ride that was not even anything special. I think I was just running an errand. That's something that I've been able to look back on and think like, oh, okay. I said goodbye for now to my beloved Chicago. You probably didn't have any of no. that, did you? Yeah, yeah. We don't have. We didn't have any closure. So it seems like oh. we, we definitely have to come back <laughs> for a holiday at least. I guess like for me, the closure was standing uh, in our empty apartment, looking down from our windows on the 16th floor. So we, so we had quite a view to the city, which was totally empty. Uh, the buses were running, but totally empty. It was very weird. It was like we are living in a movie, but we didn't know about that. And we have been waiting for the management to come in and say goodbye to us, you know, to hand over the apartment, to make sure everything is okay because we are about to leave the country and we won't come back. Uh, and the management didn't show up. And we have been calling them and texting them and emailing them. And sometimes they said, oh, you know, we, we just, you know, fired everyone or they are on leave and they're like, you know, not working at the moment, so there won't be anyone coming to your apartment. We're like, oh, okay, that's weird. Like, so there was not one person we have been able to say goodbye to, even uh, no management or like you know n- nobody sitting in the reception, and that was quite 
weird and lonely and again just like in a movie and then we took the cab to the airport you know the, the cab driver didn't say a word which is very unusual for americans normally they you know, <laughs> love to talk to you but you can see how tense he was because he was not sure whether this is like a safe job for him right now to do we came to the airport and then they told us we can't we can board the plane but not with our daughter and yeah. it was like what are you, are you kidding me? And you can imagine we have been quite emotionally anyway, because like saying goodbye in a rush, it's not, it's not a nice feeling. But I said, no, you can't, you can't take it with you because at the moment only Germans are allowed to enter Germany because of the pandemic. And we said, yeah, but she is German by default because we are both Germans and here are our passports. Yeah, but you need a German uh, birth certificate, which obviously we didn't have because the offices have been closed and you can, can only get that in Germany right now. So that was like a huge confusion, um, you know, when somebody tells you you can't take your baby with you. So, yeah, but then we figured it out because like, you know, somebody else in the management came and said, OK, but guys, you can't leave a five month old baby behind. So obviously she's allowed to board the plane. So, yeah, but that was quite a, a moment for, for us as a family. Oh, my God. God. Okay. Wow. 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 This is all like out of a terrifying movie. Wow. And also, what a welcome back to Germany. It's already having bureaucratic issues. Where <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the reality is, you can't leave a five month old baby, and it is clear that this baby will have citizenship because you have citizenship. It's all in progress, etc. It's yeah, all yeah, yeah. very obvious if you just look at it, but on paper, it's not there. And, and of course, paper is what matters <laughs> yeah but the good thing i mean as as an expat you're getting used to those situations so uh you have learned already not to freak out immediately you learn that you know just breathe and relax and the solution will come so um i'm, I'm guess we've learned a lot during those three years already so we didn't freak out that much it was just like okay okay another thing on the list <laughs> Okay, so then you have this big emotional flight to Germany. And what ha what was it like when you got here? Because if I recall correctly, back then, they were really strict with quarantine and all sort of travel related things were very strictly controlled. Is that correct? It, it's funny, because uh, at the moment, I'm coaching many women who are about to go back to Germany. So Germans who have lived abroad and are going back now. And they all tell me the same story that they are confused about the regulations here and that nobody is taking care of them. So normally, typically Germany is, you know, famous for having a plan and executed and something like that. But somehow we don't manage it so good as other countries concerning wearing masks and stuff like that. So when we came to Frankfurt, which was the only open airport back then, obviously there was no family for us waiting outside because my parents are doctors. They know about the risks from the beginning. So we thought, okay, you're staying home, we're going to quarantine an apartment for two weeks. And then we, we left the plane and the airport was filled with people with balloons and flowers and banners, like all those welcome home banners. And we're like, what? What is going on? We are still in a pandemic, but somehow people didn't know in Frankfurt. I'm not sure what, what happened. And back then, nobody contacted us about quarantine. So we did it just our, by ourselves because it made sense for us to do it. So, yeah, that was very, very weird, you know, because now you're in the same country and you, obviously you want to see your family again, especially when you have a baby with you. Yeah, obviously there, there was no contact and it's still very limited. Man, this is all this whole conversation is really taking me emotionally <laughs> back to March and like how little we knew and how chaotic everything was. I think 
I don't know about everyone else, but I've just gotten so used to adjusting to whatever today's reality is. And I very quickly forget the past because I'm too focused on figuring out now. But all of these things that you're describing, like they really, they take me back about a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> it was very uh, interesting to see how untypical Germany behaves. Moving back to your own culture and observing it and seeing like, no, that is not really German. What are you doing here? Like, Uh, the Americans have been wearing masks all the time in Chicago and you're landing there and nobody's wearing a mask and you're like, what is going on here? Don't you, you know, watch television? <laughs> Do you don't, don't you have the same information? For me, that was just interesting because it was Germany and I was so used to, you know, those typical German characteristics. I was expecting, but okay. So maybe uh, Germany has also changed in the three years, not just me. Yeah, man, talk about culture shock, reverse culture shock, not just because you're returning to Germany, but under these heightened moments where everyone's acting different and more extreme than they usually do. Yeah. Oh, okay, so you got through your, your self-inflicted quarantine, <laughs> and <laughs> then you you guys went back to Munich, yeah? Yeah. I, I'm assuming your husband's job brought you back there, is that correct? Yes. Yes, so he's in home office. The baby is growing next to him. I'm in home office, so yeah. But honestly, it doesn't feel like that we are back in Munich because we're still Skyping with friends and family. The only thing that has changed is the time zone. So now I can call my mom, like, you know, and having um, dinner together or something like that, which was obviously not possible before. But still, we, we are connected with our friends and family via Skype. Uh, and though it's kind of weird, um, obviously in the summertime it was better and we explored the city again and the nature around, uh, which was really nice. But somehow we feel like we haven't left Chicago for sure and we haven't arrived here in Munich emotionally yet. Yeah, because how, how do you? I mean, every time I've moved, the things that connect me to the place are exploring and and finding your new favorite coffee shop and and getting used to different routines i suppose you can still build your own routines and i'm imagining you have a very settled home life in terms of your own for walls mm. but being somewhere is about so much more than just the apartment it's about the place and it's about what the flavor of the neighborhood is and all of that and um yeah you don't really get that right now <laughs> yeah totally What kind of reverse culture shocks have you had under these conditions? And do you feel like you're adjusting to being a German in Germany and having this foreigner aspect of your identity step back? I guess like the pandemic is actually an advantage here because there's less direct contact. So it was a very smooth transition. We haven't been arriving and, and there was no welcome party. There was less contact with all the admin stuff because it was closed and things like that. So typically what I hate about Germany when we when I've been back for holidays, it was like, you know, being in the public transport and people standing close to you, too close to you because you're not used to that any longer. <laughs> and that didn't happen, obviously. So it was very smooth in that sense and not much uh, culture shock. And thanks to my work, I'm always, you know, reading about culture differences and intercultural communication. So that is like a very big part of my life anyway, no matter where I am in the world right now. And, and that helps a lot as well. How has your work changed since the last time we talked? We touched on it at the beginning, but I'd love to hear a little bit more deeply about how all of these experiences that we've just talked to have transitioned into 
your own career and your own work. So now my work is also very important for me on a personal level as well, because it is actually my door to the world right now. You know, I'm talking to you right now. I'm talking to other coaches who are living around the globe. So I'm not focused on Munich or Germans in my work. So um, every time I'm on the phone or on a Zoom call, I'm talking with somebody somewhere else in the world with a different cultural background. And that is like of huge, huge value for me right now. I so much, you know, miss the world and I miss this feeling of walking down a street uh, you haven't seen before and you don't know what is behind the corner. And, you know, you can't understand a thing what, what others are saying to you because the, of the language and there are different smells and sounds. So I just miss that feeling so much that I'm so grateful for my work right now that I'm sitting here at my desk in, in this apartment in Munich, but somehow I'm still connected to the world. And it doesn't matter where I am physically right now. And you said you're already eager to move abroad again? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess it's like part in, part of my DNA. I always like travel and not only, you know, go from hotel to hotel, but backpacking tours and on my own and stuff like that, or uh, working abroad for uh, several months or years. So I guess somehow it can make you addicted to it. <laughs> so it's hard to stay in one place if you are, have been a nomad for once. So yeah, let's see. I mean, you never know what life brings. And I I learned uh, to live in the moment. And I learned that you don't know how long you will stay in one place, even though if you are planning it to stay, it doesn't mean that it has to happen that way. So because nobody knows what will happen next week or next month or next year. Obviously, I want to move abroad, but nobody knows. So I'm trying to make the most out of each day here. Has having a daughter to, to factor into things changed that at all? I mean, in some sense, we are role models for her. I'm very eager to provide her a very rich and colorful and diverse life because I'm able to do so. So I'm actually looking forward to it. And I guess she can somehow feel that. If you're moving abroad and you hate it, but you're just doing it, because you have to, you know, because of this job and you're like, oh, okay, but we do it because of, you know, maybe money or maybe some other reasons. I, I'm, I'm sure that children especially can sense that. But when you're doing it because you're very curious to see and because you want to embrace that opportunity and you're actually really looking forward to it, children will sense that as well. So, um, of course, we factor her in in a sense of logistics, but for any other reason, I'm very happy that I can provide her that lifestyle. We'll have to check in again a third time, a couple <laughs> a couple months or years. But I, I just imagine that Munich might be different this time around, not just because of the pandemic, but because as you said, you also changed in those three years. So it'll be interesting to see how your relationship with the city changes and what kind of things you choose to do with your time and, and what sort of activities do you seek out and all of that kind of interesting stuff. Yes. And while I'm very depressed about the current situation, I'm also very optimistic about the future. If being the expert partner taught me one thing is like, it might feel very, very bad right now, but it's always a process. And there was always the next step ahead. So there will, you know, come other times. We just have to stick to this a bit longer, but I'm very optimistic about the long term outside. Do you think you are always prone to optimism or do you think the U.S. Oh. brushed off on you in that way? Yes, definitely the U.S. <laughs> <Really>? Yes, yes. <laughs> I adopted some, some culture traits. So 
Yes, I was always more like, not pessimistic, but more, more neutral maybe. Um, and more like, okay, what are the pros, what are the cons? And not too emotional, but yes, it, it doesn't make... You know, what is the benefit of, of being depressed right now? It's like, yes, of course it's bad. But like my own story as the ex-partner taught me, uh, there will become other days. So we just have to, you know, keep doing what we're doing. So I'm very happy about my work because that actually gives me the energy to keep going um, and to to look forward to all the, the conversations I might have with my coaches in person, not only via Zoom. Man, I'm I'm really enjoying hearing your optimism because I have to say I'm still very American and I've got that all in me and I still do feel optimistic most of the time. But some days in pandemic life, it just hits me harder than others. And yeah. I'm in a week right now where I'm just feeling really dragging along and just really not not so optimistic, not so hopeful. So I really appreciate hearing it from you and sort of be <laughs> getting to soak that in and remind myself, right, right there is optimism yeah. yeah and it's fun it's always fun talking with people who have done the opposite move as me because I love seeing how our cultures are affecting both of us individually and then you know in some weird way you're giving me the American mindset yeah. back that I'm sort of lacking a little bit in the moment <laughs> yeah the funny thing is like back then like one year ago if you would talk to a cashier in the supermarket in Germany and do some you know chit chat and stuff like that they would look at you like what what does she want like what is she doing and yeah. now you're doing it and they're like, oh, yeah, what a nice baby. And you you have a nice day. And oh, the sun is shining today, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wow, maybe maybe this pandemic is, um, you know, also influencing Germany and becoming a little bit more American because we are so craving for social contact. So um, I'm curious to see what will happen, you know, in one year or so, if we are still chit-chatting with the people in the supermarket or not. Well, with that, we're going to round the corner and head to home with the ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. So it's a rapid fire question round where I ask you three questions that you answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Are you ready? Yes. First up, what was your very favorite neighborhood to hang out in in Chicago? Uh, Damon. Yeah, I really like the style and the restaurants and the bar. What is one place in the U.S. that you're excited to go back to and take your little girl to once she's a little older? Uh, Yosemite National Park. Uh, I enjoyed all the national parks back there. And I always thought, like, oh, damn, I have to go back there and show my kids because it's just too beautiful. So, yeah, that will be on the list for sure. And there's been plenty of reasons to have stress in your life in the last couple of years. <laughs> so what is one thing that you do to come down after a stressful day? I actually dance with my daughter. She starts spinning now. So she ha we have this one song of Teddy Bear, which is very annoying. But, you know, <laughs> it's, she's dancing to that. So I join her and then she's you know, smiling and she's so happy. And I'm, yeah, that's like a bit of, um, you know, not thinking anything and just being very childish. Very good. Okay. And where can people find you? We've mentioned Share the Love. What's the website? What's the social media, etc.? Yes, uh, you can find my me and my work on shadowlove.blog. I tend to write very authentic, but also uh, I tend to use a lot of academic papers. So it's quite a fun mix to read. I share a couple of role model stories from women around the globe who followed their husband and made a living on their own and found a career. So I'm sharing stories and I gave tips and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you can find me there or on Instagram with the same shadowlove.blog handle. Wonderful. And we'll link to that in the show notes. 
Kate, it was so good to get to talk to you after after all this time and hear what you've been up to. And I really look forward to continuing to follow where you go from here. It was a great pleasure. And thanks for lighting up my day. So I'm smiling a lot right now because, you know, it's always nice to talk to other people. And I guess for everyone out there who feels depressed right now, call someone and just, you know, do some chit-chatting. It always helps. Can confirm. Started my day a little grumpy. I'm, I'm also smiling right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again to Kate for coming on the show. Links to Share the Love blog and her Instagram are in the show notes. You can also find links to my social media there. So I am at The Expat Cast on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can visit me online at theexpatcast.com. Keep an eye out for some polls coming your way on social media soon. Because I want to know if you guys want to hear more direct conversations about Corona. Absolutely zero conversations about Corona. Or you'd rather focus on other topics, but it's okay if Corona comes up now and again. Those are the options I'm looking at. And I want to make sure the show continues to be the content that you guys want and need. So you can participate in the poll to let me know. And you can also drop me a line at any of those places and share your thoughts with me more directly. I want to thank, as always, Amy Lungy art for the logo and side hug for the theme music there on instagram at a hug from the side on thursday i'll be back in your feeds with a conversation with an italian expat in germany about how through a handful of countries and many big moves in his life he's always been able to find italy everywhere he goes until then have a wonderful week bis dann tschüss